Hey, what's up, guys? It's Big Cat. Before you start listening to this episode, I wanted to let you know that we're running a special sale on all Barstool merch. Go to store.barstoolsports.com and use code PODCAST for 10% off. Go to store.barstoolsports.com and use code PODCAST for 10% off. What it is! This is the Macho Man Randy Savage. And this is Hard Factor. And there is no one that does it better right now. Yeah, no. But he does it better. I ain't repeating myself. Go ahead, tell me something right now. Yeah, I'm living a nightmare. And I'm not a racist. And I'm always cheering. Oh, yeah. Episode of Hard Factor presented by the Barstool News Network. It is Monday, September 28th, 2020. We have a huge show. We have an interview with Andrew Yang. Fucking Yang gang. Oh man, what a big one. It was it was it was a great conversation, too. So I think everybody's gonna really enjoy it. Uh, but before we hit a couple quick stories before that interview, we learned that uh 2020 football season bad for all of us here at Hard Factor. So we're recording well, this right after the Eagles just uh, yeah, that's gave up I'm on so football. Embarrassed. Yeah. I'm so embarrassed with the <laughs> Eagles' performance. They punted for the tie. I mean, go for it on fourth and 14 or try the 64-yard field goal. Jake Elliott's got a cannon <laughs> of the leg. I got to stare at the, the back of fucking Brandon Walker's fat head all day today. Well, uh, oh, you did? So oh, you, yeah, you're there. In, you, oh, you saw him? You saw B-Walk? He, I mean, he's got to be on cloud nine. I they like an idiot. Single- I joshed him a little bit. On oh, Friday, no. going oh, into no. the weekend. Oh, no. You didn't know that this that our team was okay. How well, could I have known, Will? Well, I mean, you know, there was there was signs. Stingley coming out uh, at the end Friday night when he got sick was, was really bad. But then the LSU Tigers gave up the singles game record for passing yards. How do to, you give up 623 623 passing yards? 623 yards to a no-name quarterback. Yards. Well, yeah. he was, he's not a no-name. He's, he's, a, a he's a grad transfer. He's a Mike Leach we got Mike Leached, basically. The he got leached. Yeah, we got good. leached big time. Leach is yeah, hilarious, by the way. Yeah, that one pissed me yards. off more. His post game was a fucking funny ass interview too, which just no, turned the man. Mike Leach, the Hokies look good. Go Hokies! I love it. Yeah, go Hokies! I love it for uh, B Walk. Happy for him, and I'm happy for the SEC because it brings in Mike Leach, a hilarious. Like now you got Saban. You Edo, want another competitor in the SEC? That's what we well, you you want to have. Great coaching personalities in a league that makes the college leagues. That that that's what they're all about. So I mean, it's great for the. I'm SEC. not happy for Brennan Walker. I was but, rooting against him, and I wanted him to be in. Misery, well, of course, so, yeah. of course, I'd rather see yeah. LSU beat Mississippi State. But you know, I mean, it, it, I, I I am happy that it brings another solid because now Mississippi State's actually good. You know, they're going to be. Something to watch. I'm so. considering setting this T-shirt on fire after we're done recording it. Don't uh, blame after, you. After go the for the tie. Punted, is, what punted you need, the tie. is what you need to. We need to Meanwhile, make a shirt that says "Go for the tie." Nick Foles, who won them a, their only Super Bowl ever, uh, just just had an in, incredible comeback for the Bears, who decided to not start him game one. Explain and, uh, to me the Bears how the fuck he's on the bench. Explain to me how the fuck he's on the Bears. Eagles. Yeah, didn't didn't he? So Better he question. won a Super Bowl for them, and then they they let him go, and then he yeah. came back, and then won like a playoff game four <laughs> times, yeah. Yeah. and then they let him go, <laughs> let him <laughs> let go, him again. go again. Yeah, yeah. And then What's wrong with this? Talk Austin, about Texas. being disrespected, kid. Nah, yeah. I, I don't know. He, must be, he yeah. must be an idiot. He must be an idiot. All right, let's let's move on. Four four quick stories, fellas. Uh, before we hit the Yang interview, this first one is about these are all basically election and SCOTUS updates before we hit that Yang interview. So 
Um, this this first one is about ACB, Amy Coney Barrett, the heavy favorite we talked about last week to replace RBG on the Supreme Court, has been formally nominated on Saturday, and now the process will commence to confirm her to the Supreme Court probably before the election on November 3rd. Uh, the confirmation hearings for her begin in the Senate on October 12th, and ACB set the table in her acceptance speech saying that she's mindful of who she'll be replacing, RBG, but that she was also trained most notably by RBG's friend, Antonine Scalia. And that's what people should expect from her and her judgments, despite her being a mom of seven. So it's a surprising, uh, such a conservative justice. A lot of kids. That's a lot. Yeah. So many kids. A yeah. couple of adopted, I believe. Uh, not all. Yeah. Biological. I mean, had I known she adopted some Haitian kids, I would have put all my money on her for the pick. <laughs> no, no yeah, way. You got yeah. to do your research when you're making these bets. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Did she's know a, that. A, a brilliant legal mind and a working mom. It's going to be very tough. And she's been confirmed before during the Trump administration. So very tough for the Senate to do anything here. Uh, a friendly reminder, the Affordable Care Act, the flagship item on the Biden-Harris ticket, is up for review in the Supreme Court on November 10th. A lot of people are saying that's why the rush is on for this. With ACB on the court, the mandate to carry private health insurance is almost certainly going to be deemed unconstitutional. Uh, while it's less clear if there's any actual threat to overturning Roe versus Wade, as even ACB has said in the past that, quote unquote, the fundamental element that the woman has a right to choose abortion will probably stand. And so that's in her own words. Um, so that, that, that's the Supreme Court update. Nice. But she's good getting job, through. Will. I mean, she's good, good job, Will. All right, guys. Well, it's uh, that time of the year where celebrities start telling you what to do and who to vote for. Like, uh, hey, pay nineteen ninety nine for my uh, new shitty streaming movie and stop eating meat. Uh, you know, don't drive. Mm. Don't use gas. Save the environment. That type of shit. Uh, right. Well, normally no one cares about what celebrity uh, uh, endorses who or what. Uh, but on Sunday, a big one came out and made an endorsement. And I mean a literal big one. Uh, Dwayne The Rock. Johnson, fresh off bench pressing coronavirus out of his lungs, endorsed he Joe Biden. Yeah, but it, it doesn't didn't matter do that well. he had corona. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what it a jabroni corona is. Yeah, what an idiot corona was trying to fuck with the rock. Like the idiot. Um, th that was the, the one bad move corona made in 2020 was trying to enter the rock. Uh, but he endorsed Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in his first ever public political endorsement. And you know that's one that stings Trump. He's probably like, what do you mean the rock endorsed Biden? Are you <laughs> saying he's got no head screwed onto those magnificent shoulders? I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Get him get get him on the phone. He's a he's a humongous guy. We need we need guys like him. We need big humongous guys. Get him on the phone. Oh my um, god. Anybody, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anybody from the WWE stable is burning his burning. Oh, that would hurt. That the would rock hurt the Rock looks like I saw the video of him on on Twitter. He looks like he's wearing a costume. He's so ridiculously it's painted big. on his shirt. Looks it's painted on. So insane. Have, have well, how does it shrink back, back down over his abs? It's crazy. I don't know. I don't know how the shirt works. His he head, has special, everything. He has specialty <laughs> shirts. But have you seen his back? His back muscles are like bigger oh. than anyone's front muscles. It's he's just crazy. Um, the Rock said, you know, he tried to keep everyone happy because you know he's a mega movie star and you know re Republicans buy sneakers. So he he tried to say things like, I have friends on all sides of the political spectrum you know me uh and he's like you know i also usually don't do this but and then he came out and said as a registered independent for years now with centrist ideologies so he tried to like you know play it down the middle still he goes i do feel that vice president biden and senator harris are the best choice to lead our country and i'm endorsing them to become president and vice president 
Um, so yeah, he like then he like released a Zoom call of him and and uh, Biden and Harris uh, chatting because when when The Rock t- says he's going to endorse you, you hop on a fucking Zoom like lickety split. So then he like <laughs> it was like them just yucking it up. Um, so my yeah. guess after this is uh, Jumanji Three is going to be uh, picketed or boycotted by the right. Um, so oh, yeah. yeah, canceling yeah. canceling The Rock is like the new thing. Uh, here's some oh yeah, that'll, that'll hurt him at the box office. No, yeah, it right? won't. No, he's the biggest movie star in yeah. the world. Uh, taking well, it his to movies tw- are going to do well in China regardless. So There you go. Well, taking it to Twitter, Brian Cloudus <laughs> says, these endorsements are getting more desperate by the minute. I had to Google Dwayne Johnson. And at first, thought, okay, at first Brian. I thought he was trolling, <laughs> okay, but he wasn't. Brian. Yeah. Okay, Brian. Sorry, <laughs> it's not what you wanted world, it to basically. be, but yeah. that's just what the way that it is, Brian. And then Liev, and I like this one. He did a, he did a meme, so I'll explain it to you. Um, I don't know if we'll get in the video or not, but it goes, can you smell? And in, in the background, it's just a picture of Joe Biden smelling a bunch of women's hair because that's <laughs> the rock's catchphrase. <laughs> can you smell? Uh, that's pretty good. That's right. awesome. All right, guys. Well, let's talk about Predict It real quick. Um Predicted.org slash promo slash hard factor 20. Get your free 20 bucks on us whenever you sign up. Remember, you got to uh, you got to sign up with 20 bucks in order to get that 20. Don't don't come with the shitty 10 and expect 20. It's not going to happen. Um, and, you know, we got the debates coming out. Are we do are we do having any, uh, you know, de- debate no. markets? No, no, no debate, debate markets, markets unfortunately. So we okay. talked to we talk a little bit about that actually with Yang. So uh, we talked right. about that in the interview as well. But, um, okay. but we do have the election market still. Okay, cool. Did we cover? Did we do a predicted ad in the in the Yang interview? Am yeah, I yeah. You got yeah. you got to stay yeah, tuned to see it. what his surprise. Why don't we, go, pick why don't we okay. jump to Caliper? Okay, yeah, let's Cal- talk about Caliper CBD. Yeah. So okay, go. Uh, you guys ever heard of this thing, Caliper CBD? Uh, yeah, because yeah. we do this podcast and we talk about how it's the best fucking CBD powder ever. Yeah, because it makes I, you want I take to it chill. <laughs> I take it every night. I take a twenty milligram packet. Every night, right to your face. I was, was well, mainlining it all weekend. Yeah, just <laughs> saw the spill. That was incredible. We don't recommend that <laughs> exactly. That's for yeah. That's for third level caliber CBD users. If you're level one, you might just want to mix it with water. What's great about CBD, guys? Okay. It, it helps you helps make you feel better without making drastic changes in your routine. Uh, I drink it before bed. That's what I do. Twenty milligrams Absolutely. of caliper right in my uh, clean canteen. Sip it down. We'll watch it. Oh my uh, god! I got new anything. pillows this weekend. It was the best decision. Did you of my combine life. it with caliper. Caliper CBD right before sleep on new pillows. I couldn't get out of bed. I was averaging ten and a half hours a night uh, of sleep. Also, no, guys, if you're working out a lot, caliper is a great supplement to add post workout to help make your whole body chill. That's what CBD does. Oh, <laughs> guess get get this. I asked people to roast my forum on with a kettlebell, and they said, "Good thing that caliper CBD is one of our sponsors because I'm going to need it." Because my form sucks. <laughs> Big time. Caliper CBD is clinically proven to be absorbed 450% more than those weird-ass tinctures. So you really can't beat that shit. Uh, and also, it's just like 15 minutes to make it work. So it's like less than an Advil. Uh, it's quick. It's fast-acting. Twice as fast as CBD oil. Caliper CBD, guys, comes in 30 and 60-count packs. Uh, individual packets give you the benefits wherever you go. Uh, and if you use our code... Yeah, and if you're an Eagles fan, use our code. <laughs> you can get 20% off or your first. Or a Tigers fan. You can get 20% off your first order, guys. The code is FACTOR, F-A-C-T-O-R, and that's at tricaliper, C-A-L-I-P-E-R, dot com slash FACTOR. So that's tricaliper.com slash FACTOR, promo code FACTOR. Just pop that promo code in there and get 20% off your first order. You'd be glad you did. Nice. A little work around. Right. I think you can get it off your second order, too. Or your yeah. third. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're saying this is evergreen. 
Yeah, just uh, yeah, you can get you can keep getting that twenty percent off. Nice, good deal there. All right, guys. Joe Biden was caught in another flat out lie, and apparently this kind of thing has plagued Joe in his campaigns of the past. Uh, when he ran back in nineteen eighty seven. Uh, apparently, he stole some phrases from a speech given by Labor Party uh, leader Neil uh, Kinnock and forgot to credit him. Some say that oh, yeah. cost. Some say that cost that, him yeah. the presidency. Yeah, well, he, uh, he, that, he literally couldn't credit him because Neil Kinnock was talking about football as in soccer, and then Biden verbatim used it, and he was like, "You know, we'd come out of the mines in Delaware and Pennsylvania, and we'd start playing football." No, nope, that was a different yeah. one you're thinking of, Patty. He credited it was like something where he credited it, said his wife was the first to go to college and oh, a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, yeah, he did. Basically, it. his memory of what he's done in his life is very hazy. Me uh, too, yeah. though. I'm not throwing stones because <laughs> me too, boys. No, I, I'm not. I, I'm going to throw stones at the guy that wants to run the country. Oh, um, throw stones so. at the other guy too, Wes. <laughs> I will. But. Right now we're talking about Biden, and he's a liar. Um, he's kind of oh, he's the liar. <laughs> well, in this in this story, he is. Um, so he's kind of known for claiming these things are his, especially speeches that are not. Um, he even claims arrests that aren't his. He once uh, said, "Quote: This day, thirty years ago, Nelson Mandela walked out of prison and entered into discussions about apartheid. I had the great honor of meeting him. I had the great honor of being arrested with our UN ambassador on the streets of Soweto, trying to get uh, to see him on the Robben Island. But that was a lie. And um, this time, what he was part caught, of it was a lie? The, that he, he was arre- arrested. That he was he wasn't arrested. Ah. Um, um, Wes, you're doing a great job. Keep it up. You're doing a great you. job. Thank you. Thank you, boss. Uh, <laughs> it's almost uh, like we got two car salesmen running for president, huh? Yeah, right. Hey, they're both fucking liars. I know that. But uh, Wes, you know. talk talk about the the, the college the college incident. You want, to talk, you want me to talk about how he lied about going to Delaware State? Yes, sir, boss. That, um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this time he uh, claimed uh, the quote is that um, he was talking to some uh, kids at Wilson High School in Florence. And um, he said that uh, he had gotten his start. Um, he's claiming Delaware State is alma mater, which is a historically black college. I uh, got started out of HBCU, Delaware State. Um, he told the kids. Now I don't want to hear anything <laughs> what, about what does what, that mean. What does he mean? Got his start. <laughs> I got started what did, out what, there. Did he get like a hand job there? Did he go to school there? What does he, what does he mean? He got his start. Uh, he didn't. He didn't get any start there. He just maybe yeah, dro- yeah. he drove past it a couple right, times. Right, started he's seen out it. there. Yeah, he's as soon seen as it. he drove past it, he got started, baby. Right, right. Um, but the college said that Biden is a lying dog faced pony soldier when it mm. comes to that claim. Um, actually, the college's uh, director. Burn. Thank you, boss. The director of news service said Vice President Biden did not attend Delaware State. In fact, uh, he only gave a commencement speech there in 2003, I think, 2016. I mean, he has and a degree from there, so you can understand. He was awarded how, how a honorary. He was awarded an honorary doctoral degree. Yes, well, if you're Biden and you're looking at your wall, bro. you're going to see your degrees. And Maybe that's and it. You, yeah. yeah, he like, got confused. Maybe time, goes I must, time gets I must fuzzy, have gotten Jack. my start. Yeah. I must have gotten my start here. Now, you know what? Yeah, I you didn't know what? go to that college. Yeah, I don't remember getting this degree. <laughs> so it must have been way back when I got my start. Right, yeah. So anyway, he's in, he's gotten in some hot water for that and, you know. No sure. shit. Well, yeah. what like well, yeah. look, it's the most it's the most like obviously false brag. Like right. he didn't like, start off at a historically black college. That's like lying like, on your resume and and you're going to get caught and, and there's repercussions when you do that. You can't you can't do that. Right. It's just so unbelievable in the first place. Why is he even trying to make that claim? I have yeah. no idea. What is he like one of five white, who was you know, the gu- white who was guys the- that went there? Yeah. Like who was the guy he had to fight with the chain at the pool? It was me. It was right. me and Tino. Like <laughs> there's got to be on. some stats they've gone over where 
if he lies about something and it gets him this many points, that the that the that the fallout will only uh, you know take that, away this many exist points on both sides though. That, yeah. that yeah. the yeah. like yeah, that's got to exist. The envelope oh pushing. The mm-hmm. debates are going to be fucking wild. The debates. I mean, so electric. Oh, we're going to be live tomorrow night. Live streaming before and after. And we're going to get uh, Cousin Mike Portnoy on after. It's going to be amazing. All right, guys. Donald Trump, a man who very much believes in fair play at all times. He's a man of rules and he's a man of law, is demanding that Joe Biden take a drug test before tomorrow's debate, saying that he, he will take one as well. Uh, he tweeted out, I will be strongly demanding a drug test of Sleepy Joe Biden prior to or after the debate on Tuesday night. Naturally, I will agree to take one also. Uh, his debate performance in front of a camera too. Right. What does he think he's on? <laughs> does he think he's on amphetamines? Well, he oh, said yeah. his debate performances have been record-setting, uneven, to put it mildly. I don't know that we keep records in terms on of how much he talks. Maybe only drugs could have caused this discrepancy. So the question is: Is he actually scared? Like. Or, like, why is he at? Because Trump's definitely on something. He, he can't drink a glass of water with, with one hand. Uh, I, th- I really want to see I really want to see a call out during the debate of why didn't you take the drug test? Like, it's going to happen. Well, he's, he's, he's tweeting it so much. It's definitely oh, going to happen. Yeah, that'll be good. He's got to Trump Biden brings up the rock thing. That'll piss him. Like, I hope they really yeah, the rock. Tri- well, <laughs> I've got all the WWE behind me. We'll see. We'll see. Who, I'll challenge you to a push up contest right now. I really hope I'm hoping for a push up. Oh, push up contest. contest would be great, sure. Trump couldn't refuse it. Technically, he would look real soft. If he refused it. Well, right. That's that should be Biden's counter to the drug. Test. And that's How about and that's really where test, we've gotten to. Contest. That's where yeah. we've gotten to in this political climate in our country right now. Push up contest. It's yep. straight up one candidate. Push up contest. Could win the election by challenging the other one to a push up contest. <laughs> oh, that would that would swing that would swing undecided people big it's time. Sways the people. Well, yeah. I got to see his form here. See Welcome to America, to new immigrants. Welcome to America, <laughs> uh, guys. Uh, Trump told Laura Ingram uh, not too long ago in an interview. He's on some kind of enhancement, in my opinion, talking about <laughs> Biden. Uh, and Laura Ingram was like, is it like athletes? Like, what are you talking about? Uh, yeah, so that's I don't know why Trump's doing that. Yeah. I'm sure he's got a that's reason. That's Joe Biden. He's so goddamn electric. He must be on something. <laughs> right. right. How long does it take for Adderall to get out of your system? I'm sure Trump's Googled that. Not uh, long. It's uh, three days, I think. Two yeah. or three days. Yeah. So he could yeah. go with that for three days. All right, guys. So that's the end of the first half of the show, or the first part of the show. We're going to get into a very exciting interview with our boy Andrew Yang from the Yang Gang. Uh, interesting American. Has some cool ideas. He's just come on to Joe Biden's uh, Small Business Council. So let's let's take it over to that shit. Make sure you tune into YouTube to see Pat's outfit, too. Oh, yeah. For joining Hard Factor, former Democratic presidential candidate, current entrepreneur and new member of the Biden campaign team, Andrew Yang. Andrew, thanks for joining the show. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. You all look so cool and relaxed. Yeah. And yet this <laughs> Yang <too>. Gang. Yes, <laughs> the Yang Gang. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, uh, Pat, the Beav, uh, you noticed his Yang Gang attire. He was a hardcore member of the Yang Gang uh, when it was when it was kicking. So, Pat, d- tell Andrew what's going Boss, on. Boss, I've been out there just uh, slanging and banging in the streets, teaching people science, technology, engineering, and math. <laughs> we're leaderless right now, though, Boss. You know, like the gangs, we're, we're out here. We're still out here, man. Uh, where are you at, Boss, Dad? <laughs> hey, thank you, Pat, for doing the work and for sporting 
Yang Yang colors <laughs> so prominently. It's great. Um, I'm still here, still working. You know, it's like the the battleground changes. So I ran for president, and uh, um, you know, ended up uh, getting out <laughs> after I didn't get quite enough votes in uh, in a couple of the early states. Did someone jump you out? Uh, <laughs> no, it, it was an interesting process, man. So like, um, so Iowa happens, then New Hampshire is voting and my team sits me down and is like, all right, here are the numbers. You're the mad guy. Like, uh, what's the plan? What are we going to do? And then we, we drew it out and I said, look, if I don't get, uh, past a certain threshold in New Hampshire, then yeah, like we, we should really look at it. And then when I didn't get that threshold, I was like, well, I said, you know, like I said, the numbers were going to speak. So uh, then we had to take a very hard look. And it was difficult, Pat, because there's so much love on the campaign trail. Uh, it's, you know, if you were to put it in sports context, it's almost like like you've got all like all these people that want you to do well. Uh, and so turning around and saying that this is not our time was a very, very hard right. decision. The season's canceled kind of. Yeah, but, you know, because, you know, like, and, and I said to the team when we were talking about this, I was like, I th- my entire thing is like, I'm the scrappy, hardworking entrepreneur, like I, I was just going to keep campaigning until the last dog died, you know, <laughs> and, and, yeah. and and no one really was paying any attention to me in the beginning. So I kind of expected to be campaigning in the dark at the end, too. I thought I'd go full circle and just be like, you know, out there and, and sub state and like and, and like well past my <laughs> like, like whatever well, my, you, my, my new name was supposed to be. You did a route, though. You did, you did pretty yeah. well, though. I'd say we're going to call it fourth or fifth place. Like you did pretty well, I think. Um, what can you give us a little inside baseball in terms of like uh, how many people were working on the campaign? Like my campaign had something like 250 people working on it down the stretch uh, that were actually full time on the campaign. And then the number of volunteers, uh, 2 was, million strong in the Yang gang, baby, at least. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was hundreds of thousands. Uh, wow. And the, there were hundreds, maybe thousands of people who were not paid by the campaign who just relocated to uh, New Hampshire and knocked on wow. doors and canvassed. And so going to these places and seeing volunteers who dropped everything in their day-to-day lives to go to Iowa in the winter to knock on doors, you're just like so <laughs> yeah, touched and blown away yeah, that you're like, I'm going to fight like mad for you because you're, you're mm-hmm. fighting your hearts out. What does that feel like? Do you get like a big head? Is it like I was blown away every single time. Uh, and, and it's funny cause I ran president, but I was still kind of surprised when people were happy to see me. <laughs> you know, I'm like a fairly normal dude. And so like you didn't, lots well, of good really reaction, I think to have, yeah. right. Yeah. So, so then, and then, so that reaction, uh, never changed really. Anytime I went someplace and there, there was someone who was volunteering for me. I was always so grateful. Well, boss, nice. I, I gotta ask you. So, you know, it seems like the, the 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 deck the deck was stacked against us in some respects, and uh, it seems like the DNC made their choice of who they wanted to be president. Uh, it's kind of a two part question, but mainly, like, what happened? Is there any inside baseball? What happened there? Because it was it was frustrating for the Yang Gang uh, to see you a kind of forced out. Same deal with Bernie, and then B, you know, to go to CNN and not continue to lead the gang. And and I, you know, your ideas are so progressive so what happened behind the scenes at the, at the dnc what do you have any insight there are a lot of uh 
lot of institutions that kind of naturally end up working together. Uh, and it's a real issue for us in terms of getting our government to listen to us. And I, I ran for president and learned a lot, some of it not that good, about right about, about how it works. Yeah, about the process. And you're like, okay, like, you know, like that. I think I should be on that graphic. And for some reason, I'm not like, that's odd. And like, and then the first time you blow it off as a mistake. And then by the eighth time, you're like, all right, there's something <laughs> really odd. Like yeah. imagine in a sporting context, if you like had reported the Atlantic division standings and then like you decided to forget about a team, <laughs> you know, yeah. you'd be like, that's not right. There are a few more so graphics we're left out of. Don't worry. We understand. Did anyone call you in the middle of the night and you're like, Andrew, you're getting a little too big for your britches there. You might want to step off a little bit. Does anything like that happen? <laughs> well, we, we From the DNC? This, this, funny, yeah. this fuck quote on the trail, which is like, it's all fun and games until Andrew Yang passes you in the polls. <laughs> where <I'm> like, <laughs> I, I was the Grim Reaper of candidates where like, if I stuck Those up on you and passed you, then all of a sudden, like, things went, <laughs> they, they went south for that candidate. Well, look, your your big thing like that was radical uh, was was UBI, right? I think you changed the terminology maybe at some point, but it doesn't look that radical now. Do you think you would have done better in the current climate than you did uh, nine months ago uh, with that with that uh, running for that platform of everyone should get, you know, what was it a thousand a month? Well, right now, 55 percent of Americans agree that we should have basic income for everyone. We're getting a certain amount of money. I campaign on a thousand dollars a month. Um, here during the pandemic, some members of Congress are proposing higher levels than that, uh, $2,000 a month, which I'm all for. Uh, the, the real problem I'm seeing now is that you can have 55% of Americans for universal basic income, which is true right now. And let's say 76% of Americans were for cash relief during a pandemic. Also true right now. I mean, it's common sense. Everyone's looking around being like, well, you know, the literal bartenders don't have the kind of uh, jobs that they had a uh, number of months ago, or the security guards, yeah. or the airline attendants, or the hairstylists, or the personal trainers. Like you just go on and on down the list. It's common sense. So everyone knows that we should be sending cash to people. But at this point, what the people know and want and what our government does are two different things. And that's one of the major sources of frustration that we're all feeling, which is like, okay, uh, number one was getting everyone to agree on it, but then number two is getting our government to act on it. And it seems like the second part may be harder than the first. Why is that? Yeah. Why is that? Because aren't they elected for for the people by the people? Like, why why is that? Is it because of the super PACs, the big uh, defense contractors? Like, why is that? So here are a couple of numbers. Um, this is fun. This, this really is a little bit like sports. Um, so the satisfaction rate with Congress and how they're doing right now is 21%. That's very, very low. Uh, yeah. The re-election rate for incumbent members of Congress is 94%. Hmm. Now, it's very, very different numbers. So then you look and say, why is it that incumbents win all the time? And incumbents win in large part because they start out with what's called a million-dollar cash advantage. Uh, and the average yeah. successful congressional Campaign candidate ads and name recognition. Oh, it's like has, poker. Big, name stack recognition. Beats, big stack beats small stack. It's like poker. Yeah. Yes. And so the, the average successful congressional campaign raises $1.6 million. For the Senate, it's $10.4 million. So you have to ask yourself what kind of human being in America is going to be able to raise seven figures for a race? Uh, it's a very, very small list of people. They tend to be, frankly, kind of rich themselves or like know a lot of rich people to begin with. 
Uh, and so you have uh, an incumbency advantage that is so high that I'm more concerned about pissing off folks who are very, very extreme within my base than I am general public's opinion of me. Because, uh, you know, I've got a party primary, I've got a million dollars in cash, I've got a 94% win rate. And so I'm better served by uh, standing on my side saying it's their fault than I am in compromising and getting stuff done for the American people. The the big companies, basically, the the two Can you name one politician on either side that, that hasn't done what you just said? There are a group of congressmen right now that are pushing for cash relief. They call themselves the Problem Solvers Caucus. There are about 40 of them. Uh, Tim Ryan from Ohio is, is one of them. Uh, um, uh, one of the good ones, uh, Rokana in California is another good one, where they're just trying to get work done on behalf of the American people. And you have party leadership um, that's standing and saying it's the, it's the other side's fault. And then you have several that, – that's how bad it is right now, that several dozen members of Congress said, like, look, party leadership aside, here's a compromise bill. We should vote on that. Uh, and they have the right idea. and we, we should be voting on that bill. Yeah, let's try to yeah. actually do good things. Uh, so, like, back to the UBI portion of it, Andrew. I mean, a lot of us have – pretty much all of us have worked in the service industry or as delivery drivers at some point in our careers. I My question for you is – you know, how long do you think until those types of jobs are just totally done by robots? Um, And then at that point, where are Americans going to work? I know you've talked about a human-centered economy, what we need to move towards. I just want to hear your thoughts, you know, as the guy who sort of innovated the UBI concept, you know, where do you see it going in terms of the actual industries going away and where will people be working and, and, you know, and that type of thing? It's happening right now where right now we've gone through 10 years worth of change in the economy in 10 weeks. Uh, and you can all see it where if you go into the grocery store, that the self-checkout line is everywhere and you welcome it as a good thing because it means you had less human contact. I don't use it. I, I, I'm, I don't use it on purpose because I'm not giving I, them that. I worked on that software. I'm part of the problem. Oof. Uh, well, it's and at, at this point, you know, half of companies have said during the pandemic, they're ramping up their investments in automation, everything from Tyson Foods, the meatpacking processing plant, because meatpacking workers were getting right, sick. Coronavirus sped it up. Sped it yeah. up enormously. So uh, if you look at a lot of these search jobs, uh, they're getting displaced right and left. You have at least 11 million Americans who lost their jobs during this pandemic. And 42% of those jobs are projected never to come back. Uh, so, so you're seeing this transformation right now. It's not speculative. It's, uh, it's 2020. And the question is, how quickly can our government actually start to make the big changes that we would need? And the answer is very discouraging because they can't even get the basics done, like uh, get cash out to people during the pandemic, much less try and humanize the economy on a higher scale. Uh, I am obviously for Joe and Kamala, and I think that we have a better chance of making these changes uh, with them in office. Uh, but the changes sure. need to be significant. And the, the timeline has been uh, accelerated by this pandemic. Do you think I could start applying for jobs as a robot and trick people um, <laughs> into thinking I'm like a, a robot soon? Because yeah. <laughs> you're working my robot skills. We all need to work on our robot skills, unfortunately. Can we attack these robots or like, is there, can we, are we, is there any update? You, you know, I know you worked in the tech sector. Is there any update on a time machine to go back and do a T2 like situation? Uh, take it, take out Skynet or send back Kyle Reese. 
Yeah, and the, the question is, who's the target? Like, you know, uh, <laughs> let, 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 who are you? Al Gore invented the internet. Yeah, start with Gore, maybe. But yeah, <laughs> Gore was the problem, clearly. In all, in all seriousness, Andrew, do you find it frustrating? Like, why do you think it's so hard for the people that are going to need UBI the most to, to that they find it so challenging to even entertain the idea? Like, is that like, what do you have well, to say about that? Again, 55% of Americans are for it at this point because it is common sense. But, but right now, we're getting polarized by uh, certain messages and appeals uh, that gin up enthusiasm and engagement for certain media companies, certain social media companies. And there are distractions from the things that we can actually do that would improve our way of life. Uh, it's just people make more ad dollars and more money uh, off of trying to us against each other. Right. When, when I heard yeah. your your economic plan for president, I thought, wow, this is the most essentially appealing economic plan to the conservatives that I heard coming out of any Democratic candidate. Right. So, you know, that's when I actually I, I did the research on your plan. And then what I saw on social media and what I saw through news media was we can't give we're going to give free money away. What's that? Where's that going to end us up? You know, and it just it was really frustrating. And I wonder how you combated that in your campaign or tried to or if it was just a losing battle. I I found that the message actually crossed over pretty well. At, uh, and like you said, a lot of conservatives looked at it and said, like, you know, I'm on board with this. Uh, and um, a lot of conservatives, what they really dislike is government bureaucracy making your decisions for you. They do not mind the idea of people having more autonomy and agency, more ability to support businesses and start businesses. You know, what I'd say to folks is like, look, this is capitalism where income doesn't start at zero. And there were a lot of conservatives who would hear that and nod and say, that makes sense because, uh, you know, they, they like people being able to make more choices. And this, that's why I named it the Freedom Dividend also. Uh, that's because, a good description. Clever, smart yeah. guy. Well, I loved uh, trickle up economy. Yeah. That was just a brain teaser right there. That was cool. yeah, trickle up. This trickle down bullshit hasn't worked ever. ever. <laughs> Get that shit out of here. Let's, let's trickle up, bro. Drive the drive the wrong way down the highway until we, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Those are all some good catchphrases for it. I like. But, it. but seriously, Andrew, robots—they're coming, right? Like, can you? Oh yeah, here. Uh, and, and when you say robots too, so here's like the misconception folks have is that it's not like you're going to be in your studio. And then this walking, talking robot's going to come into your studio and being like, hello, I'm here to do your job like that. That's not the Kick way this stuff goes chair. down. <laughs> um, but the, the way this stuff goes down and Google makes an announcement and says, hey, guess what? We can now do call center work for you. And all you have to do is yeah. like hit the button. It's like Amazon Web Services, but for call centers. Doesn't that sound great? And if you are a business owner, you're like, that does sound pretty great. But if you're one of the two plus million Americans who works at a call center right now, then you're like, oh, wait a minute. Where like where does that leave me? So that's un crazy unemployed. Yeah. yeah. So, all so, the tellers, call center. So clerks, it's and, and that's real. I didn't make that up. Like they, they made that announcement the other week. Uh and so so that's what the the robots look like uh, in the work context. It's software, AI, robot, it's software. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. uh, yeah. you know, it's Google uh, and uh, the AI folks is who a better term. Yeah, right. AI is better. But we like we to, like we robots. Like, we like here to joke around because robots. But the drones. What yeah. about all the drone deliveries? How illegal is it to sh like shoot a drone out of the sky if you want your your delivery job to stick around? Like, are you allowed to like get a giant broom and smash these drones that Walmart and Amazon are sending to your house? Well, it is robots in some contexts. When I talk about like the, the meat packing factories, those are robots. Mm -hmm. And then you have right. drones. Mm -hmm. The drone delivery stuff um, is still just in the, the them piloting phase, uh, them messing around. 
Um, you are so we can shoot those. Like, we can shoot those out of the sky then. The ones in the piloting phase. Oh, I'm, I'm sure if you did, then someone from Amazon would be knocking on your door, being like, you know, what, why are you so mean to our drone? Like, yeah. you know, you now, you now owe us eight thousand dollars, however much yeah, the, 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 the you've seen cost. the. Uh, You've seen the robots, though, they, they, the, like the Boston Dynamics robots. They're like jumping boxes, doing backflips. What, what, what are they doing with those, Andrew? What are they going to do with those? <laughs> you know, it's like we all saw Black Mirror. We, we know what they're going to do with the robot dogs. Um, but yeah. the, like right, right now, the, like if you go to the factory, like the, the robots that are really useful in a factory are just like like a, a, a set of hands or like digits or things that you can actually just get to do something and then they'll do it repetitively. Um, yeah. So, so if you're in a factory, like they're, they're using those kinds of robots more than they are like the, uh, the robot dog. Um, the backflipping dog is very interesting that there, there is, I have seen a use case for it in Singapore where the robot dog walks around and tells people to stay away from each other. Yeah. <laughs> like they're, they're like the social yeah. distancing and forcing the park. They just yeah, come up yeah. right. and say in a British accent, it's like six feet apart, six feet apart. <laughs> but, you know, but it's coming out of this dystopian robot dog like that, that British voice. Yeah, it's scary. Ooh, yeah, yeah you'll it's just a matter to of time too till mm-hmm. the sex robots take over the sex industry too. I mean, like you don't talk. I know you haven't. You talk most about trucking and, and call centers, but it's going to be the sex industry is done once it's, once it's, these robots come out. It's every industry except for developing and maintaining the robots. Exactly. Yeah, it's everybody. Oil Everybody's going to be a robot maintenance man. Well, well, yeah. well, you know, the rough part is that a lot of the most resilient jobs were the jobs that required human proximity. Like you're not going to have like a robot hairdresser like anytime soon. Like like that that mm-hmm. stuff is like there are a lot of like up close jobs that just make much more sense for a human to do. The problem is oh, that good. that COVID has made a lot of those jobs uh you know uh, more precarious and less sustained. Right. Yeah, cuz you have to have the the barriers and whatnot. Uh, yeah, so, so we need to be united. Hard, that's the sure. devastating part is like the the jobs that you could count on are the jobs that are are getting uh you know disrupted by the pandemic. So double whammy, yeah. double whammy in 2020. Going back to um, you were talking about, you know, forces that divide us. Right. Um, so now that you're working on uh, the Biden campaign team, uh, some changes have happened in China since the uh, since the Obama administration was there. Uh, so Xi is now president for life. Obviously, there was the coronavirus, you know, news about the treatment of the Uyghur population uh, and other things, you know. Right. Hong Kong, uh, Hunter Biden's recent stuff. So, you know, like Russia, China is a nation who's out there sort of openly trying to influence everything in the world. Uh, And so how do you, you know, deal with them uh, on the Biden team, you know, when China, you know, openly sort of appears to be backing you guys, sort of like how Russia does with the Trump team, it seems like. I've seen mixed things about who China's backing. Uh, like, I, I thought that, that they were backing Trump because they think that that's better for their competitive position uh, relative to us. It, it, I had just seen the report from the director of national intelligence last week uh, that was talking about sort of China and Iran uh, saying that, you know, being on the side of, of wanting the Biden campaign to succeed and Russia being on the side of, of Trump. Regardless, we know they spend money on influencing elections. And so so sort of you know, how do you see them if, if they're not uh, supporting the Biden team? then how do you see dealing with them uh, as part of the administration? 
couple of issues. Number one is foreign interference in our elections needs to stop. And the, the fact is the Trump administration is essentially turning a blind eye being like, oh, like, who knows that the Russians helped? Uh, and it's, it's clear that foreign governments are having a field day through our social media channels, misinforming us, uh, turning us against each other. Um, you know, mm. trending things that just make us more pissed off and and like you know uh, mentally, uh, uh, like exhausted. Exhausted. That's games. the word. Yeah. Thank you, Pat. Yeah. I was going to say mentally challenged, but then that sounded like something else. Um, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> though at this point, we are probably are all mentally challenged. Um, so num- number one, there's this massive vulnerability that foreign countries are taking advantage of that w- that we need to shore up. It's hard to shore up on a technical side because it's much easier just to make fake accounts on social media than it is to police it. Uh, so, yeah. so this is where having different levers to pull where relationships are concerned would be very positive. Like the more levers you have, the better off you are. And that goes to the second point, which is how the heck do you try and manage the U.S.-China relationship moving forward, uh, given that tensions have been rising um, for years now. Uh, and uh, from my, my sense of what's gone inside of China, they started out thinking like, what's going on? Like, why is, why, why, why is America so like aggressive on various fronts? But now it's flipped to the point where they're, they're actually uh, uh, very happy to fan anti-American sentiment uh, within the, sure. the, the country in a way that was not true before. Uh, and on the sports front, I mean, the NBA ended up being like the flashpoint for this where, yeah. uh, you know, it's like, like if you rewound not that long ago, Chinese are enormous NBA fans. These folks were like as big Kobe Bryant, Allen Iverson fans as like existed in the world. Um, And then now uh, some people regard the NBA as like, oh, this like, uh, you know, American institution and we don't like it as much. Um, So there's a lot of um, there's a lot of conflict tension, but there there also are things that we need to try and cooperate with China on, like climate change would be number one on the list. Uh, AI I mean, like and- with everybody, right? Like uh, we need to be sort of united. I, I mean, obviously, as a country, we can't be divided by, you know, foreign interests, but we also need to be united with the other, our global partners, yeah. right? I mean, climate change, it is seems like example, everything's on its head. But you know? if everyone's not on board in climate change, what's the, you know, it doesn't really work, right? So that makes sense. Yeah. Or future pandemics, uh, because, right, right, you right. know, it's like you got you got to say this may not be the last one uh and so right. uh, like if, if you don't coordinate with china which um you know was the source of this one uh, you know geographically and so like you know if you have mm-hmm. better uh better contacts then maybe you can get ahead uh, of the next one ai treatment of data enormous uh international issue moving forward the goal would be to try and create standards for how AI gets used uh, that are globally the same the same way that we had the WTO that the World Trade Organization that China actually did modify their behavior because they wanted access they really wanted to join if you could get to a point where you had a World Data Organization and China felt like okay we really need to play ball here um, so th- these are the levers you're talking about where just saying like oh we're not going to talk to this country anymore. Like doesn't work uh, in the 21st century when you have these big problems that require countries to cooperate or at least communicate. It's it's like sharing right. custody of a kid. You know, like you break up with a girl and you don't have a kid. You're like, I'm not talking to her again hmm. ever. But then you have a kid with them. Like as Wes will tell you, like you know, the globe. Right, the globe is all of our kid. You're the globe is all of our stuck. kid. Uh, and yeah, yeah you all sometimes totally. Yeah. Where you all are geographically, but I mean, you know, climate change is freaking ravaging uh, like so many of our communities. 3.5 million 
acres got burnt up uh, during the set of wildfires. Uh, and yeah. that's born of climate change. Like th this stuff is real. It's happening right now. All of the stuff that you hoped was like a little bit further down the road. It's here and now. Yeah. Andrew, just, go, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, uh, isn't it just meaner to be ever mean, easier to be mean to everyone though and divided? And then <laughs> it's someone easy, else's easy. fault. Let's just throw yeah. rocks to them, and you yeah. know, and then I'm, I'm sure the fires will be uh, yeah. will, will be less harsh next year because I got mad at someone on Twitter. Yeah, so Andrew, I'll, I'll I'll punch him. Going back to the uh, to the pandemic, you know, um, if if Biden is is elected um, and you know takes office in January, what are some of the things that he's going to do differently? Like some of the restrictions, some of the you know maybe laws about you know protecting the people if the pandemic is still going on, different than what Trump is doing. Well, we'd have a national approach, and one of the things that. Uh, has infuriated me is that when it came to getting PPE out to communities, there was essentially a free for all. And I know this because I was talking to various communities that were trying to get their hands on PPE, hospitals, now it's school districts. Uh, and you had a competition because there was a, a limited supply. And the feds, instead of organizing distribution, they actually competed with the states. So you had rich states competing with poor states, competing with the feds. It was just a total. Uh, like a total shit show, honestly. Like, like there, there was yeah. no well, all the fraud claims coming out of it. You can see, yeah, yeah. And then you had certain companies being like, "Hey, we've got your PP and just freaking upcharging." Uh, you know, guy. I thought, I thought about committing fraud there. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, yeah. I think it crossed a few people's minds, but. <laughs> So you'd have at least a national approach where you say, okay, like here are the guidelines, here's what we're going to do. Instead of having this like competitive free-for-all, we're going to try and prioritize. Uh, you'd have uniform guidance instead of like a, an administration that sends mixed messages on any good day. Um, yeah. uh, and, uh, and these things would help. Um, the big thing really is a resource uh, allocation where if you have a school district and you say, hey, try and reopen – um, but guess what? We're not going to get I mean, I just saw a story that said something like 83 percent of teachers had to buy their own PPE because they were going into class and they were like, well, I guess I need a mask or a face shield or something like like something on my desk, like uh, in order to feel safe in my classroom. And we didn't provide that. I mean, what, what the heck is going on there? Where like if you're going to reopen a school, like freaking at least get some supplies in, in the door. Yeah. <laughs> You'd think uh, before we let me let you go, Andrew. Um, we had some questions for you about uh, a predicted market, um, a prediction market. But uh, Mark, do you you you'd heard uh, something? Well, yeah. Um, first of all, wanted to go back to the Yang Gang. Um, they were probably yeah, the gang. most. They were probably the most. Uh, I, I don't want to say crazy, but most energetic <laughs> group. Uh, because whenever we would uh, say nice things about you, we would hear about <laughs> it, and whenever we would criticize you, we would hear about it. And one of the mm. things we criticized you for was. You didn't. You weren't assertive enough in the debates, in our opinion. And speaking time, the answer a lot was, of money on you, Andrew. A we, lot we would, of cash. We would bet on you and predicted to not have the least amount of speaking time, and then we would oftentimes lose. Well, no, I knew well, I that you were concise yeah. in your words, yeah. and so I knew you would always speak the least, but be powerful in what you said. So I, I was happy. I had to with, take out a new credit card, Andrew. I, but <laughs> well, thank you for believing in me and to put your hard-earned cash on the prediction market. <laughs> we're talking about money, but 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, like there there were times when I saw the prediction markets and I was like, I can affect that one. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Actually, maybe maybe there should be a little bit of self dealing here. A little bit of like, what about the tweet markets? Like, uh, yeah. that was a big one for you. You were star of predicted for a couple months with the yeah. tweet Who, markets. Who'd you get to sign up for your your account on that? Yeah, th- that one I could easily have gamed. I saw that shit. I was like, oh my yeah. But, you know, I'm a man of integrity. And so I, I, I just. Uh, OK, cool. I, so the, I, I there's no there's, there's no, no controversy. You're, you're okay with, there's no controversy okay. with you and predict it. Uh, there, there is not that I know of. I certainly appreciated all the activity. Uh, and there were times on the trail I cited it where because the, okay. there was a period oh, nice. when, you know, I'd be talking to audiences in um, uh, Iowa, New Hampshire, and that there was a degree of skepticism about whether I could contend. I was like, yeah, I don't know, prediction markets have me. <laughs> oh, you were always in the top three. Well. Yeah, you know, that's you a smart money. Like, you guys need to it pay is. attention. Uh, they, that's they, right. They say, they say it's better than the polls, the prediction markets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go to predictit.org slash promo slash hard factor 20. That unique URL will get you your first 20 bucks matched on us in the stock market of politics. And Andrew, I think we all have a couple questions for you about predictions, but mine is give us one state where you think Joe Biden has a better chance to win than uh, the pundits do. The potential political earthquake in 2020 is a great state of Texas uh, that it genuinely wow. seems like it's competitive. And if that goes to, 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 Biden, then obviously it's game over, not just in 2020, but that that would actually change things moving forward. And I think it's in play. So you think this could be the one? This could be the time. That's it's a bold claim, but mm. we'll see. Is it because all those Californians moving to Texas? I've been, yeah, we're all Texas boys. <laughs> yeah. We're, yeah. we're <laughs> lived there, except for Willie's in Reno, Nevada, right now. But I, I've been driving around Texas a lot. A lot of Trump signs up, so it's it's tough to tell. I but I see a lot of Biden signs too uh, when I when I go on my you know I mean and that's why it's it's kind of a bold prediction but uh, if you look at the numbers uh, like Dems have gotten closer and I genuinely think this is going to yeah. wind up looking like a change election where seventy two percent of Americans think this is the worst time ever that, that we've ever lived uh, and so that's a terrible number for an incumbent like I, and I talked to many people who voted for Donald Trump in twenty sixteen who are like this is not. The this is not the bargain I was hoping for. You know, like, is, it, uh, is, it, is it is it they're That's saying, a bad stat, is it they're saying it's the worst time we've ever lived because all of the old people <laughs> died from coronavirus? Because they can't those those people would probably remember a slightly worse time, but it is a bad time. Yeah, and no one can remember it. And I thought about it too. I was like, what what time has anyone lived that would be comparable? We heard sixty eight. Uh, sixty eight was bad. Well, sixty eight. Mar- Martin Luther King, say. Robert Kennedy assassinations, Guys, the Vietnam have, War, Richard Nixon. Plumbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And, and how many of us were uh, alive, uh, you know, in, in, in yeah. so, yeah. like, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of people, obviously, but that that proportion yeah. is not a majority anymore. I'm just glad we don't right. we can don't have to shit in the holes. Uh, so I'm just putting that out there. Andrew, you sure. got named. Uh, you, so you, ju- you just joined the, the, the Biden uh, team on the Small Business Advisory Council. Is that correct? Yeah, small business and entrepreneurship, uh, which is a topic that's near and dear to my heart because uh, I love small businesses they're going to be vital for any comeback. And right now there's a suffering at such a uh, massive scale right now. I just want to do anything I can to help. Yeah. Can you give us a sense on like what exactly that, that, uh, that job will entail and what your plans are? My, well, my job right now is to make the case to small business owners that Joe and Kamala would be better for you. And I, I feel for small business owners. And I also feel for the sense that like a lot of them don't think that Democrats really get them. Uh, and it's something that I want to help with. In terms of what Joe and Kamala want to do for small business owners, it's send tens of billions of dollars uh, in like a better designed PPP type 
program that actually reaches small business owners that were excluded the first time around. Um, and I very much believe in that because you, you should not need like a great commercial banking relationship to get access to relief. Uh, there are a lot of food truck operators and mom and pops that probably do not have that. Andrew, when's and, this going, when's this going to happen? When's this <laughs> going to be legalized federally? First, we got to win. And so they're saying they want it right now, but obviously Congress can't even get basic stuff done. Um, they just punted the yeah. vote. Yeah. 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 There was, so, there was supposed to be a, a weed vote. I thought, yeah. Yeah, they punted on the weed vote, which obviously, you know, like that's another thing. Majority of Americans want to legalize weed. Like I want to legalize weed. Uh, and, at this yeah. point, and at this point, D.C., um, they actually came up with a strain of, of uh, for me, Yang Ganja. You can check that out. <laughs> Yang Ganja. Oh, nice. Oh, my you God. I need to get my hands on that. Uh, yeah, this is some Yang Ganja. <laughs> Did you smoke it? <laughs> you know, I haven't, I haven't. They were like freaking coming up with it like while I was campaigning. So I, I, I didn't even <laughs> – one day we'll, if, I'm we'll, we'll smoke it. some. We'll smoke some. With you <laughs> yeah, smoke. we got to find you and get you a Yang Ganja joint. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, so hopefully, as soon as we can turn the page and, and get new members of Congress, because this is like the opportunity. And a lot of the way Washington works is when there's like a new administration in town and like uh, a new majority, like then you maybe can get some big things done. And that that's the our best hope. Unfortunately, is trying to get big things done in early 2021. Yeah, we, we had a pretty I, I, like, I mean, we shouldn't give up hope. Like, we should be pressuring Congress to do it right now, no, right now. Andrew, but, we had, but, we had, but, like, we had, you know, we can all see it. We yeah. had Representative Ken Buck on the show a couple weeks ago from Colorado, and he was straight up like, yeah, nothing's going to happen until after the election. Like, Yeah, you know, he was like, honest with us, and he, and he was and he was right. bullshit. It's total um, bullshit. Yeah, and even after – I've been watching congressional updates this week, and uh, you know, even after that push of, oh, hey, let's get it done, it was all lip service. No, not yeah, no stimulus, so. no police reform, no nothing for the uh, serious until after the election. So, hey. you, so you're right. I mean, maybe new people uh, who, who uh, don't have the lead in their pants would be able to get some of this stuff – Actually, and, and, Andrew, what do you and think? then I'm going to turn towards trying to uh, to help modernize our government. So I think we should have term limits for members of Congress. I think we need public campaign finance reform. I think we need a ranked choice voting would open up a lot of these races uh, so that no one ever gets bullied for like wasting your vote or any of that that stuff. Um, like we need some process changes if our government's going to start listening to us. What do you think yeah. about these two big ones, term limits and campaign finance reform? Uh I think we need term limits in D.C. And 76 percent of Americans agree that sending people to D.C. Uh, should mean they come home and they don't just stay there forever, which is presently the, the case. I think 24 uh, so, percent of people check the wrong box. <laughs> uh, and, and when I went around the country and I said, like, you know, we need term limits, like everyone would be like, heck, yes. Like no one thinks this is working right now. You have yeah. leadership that's that got elected in the like 90s or 80s. Uh, and, uh, you know, like they, they've been in DC for decades at this point, like you just got to turn it over and, um, get some fresh points of view in there and some bias towards action. Because if you've been there forever, then you, you know, you can just chill out. Like you need people who are going to go too. in. Yeah. yeah. You need yeah. people who can go in and be like, look, I need to get something done and then I'm going to go home and then I'm going to answer to people. Cause I am actually going to go live there again. Yeah. Andrew. Yeah. And if you had term limits, maybe campaign finance wouldn't be as big of a deal as it is now with the numbers we went over at the top with the incumbency advantage. and all. Yeah, that. I was proposing one hundred democracy dollars uh, for every voter where you can just give a hundred bucks and then it makes us all into investors like predicted. Reason why we all love right. that is yeah. because we all think, you know, like uh, yeah. that we, we can kind of see what's going on and we're willing to put our money where our mouth is. If you make every voter 
like an investor, then like they, they, they actually feel included. Then they'd be like, okay, I like this person. I'll listen to them. I'm going to give them 25 bucks. Uh, yeah. Like that, that would be a game changer. It would get right now, something like 10% of Americans contribute to any political campaign under the sun. And the real number is lower than that because anything above $200 is like 1%. Uh, so right. no one's given money. So all the politicians are just answering to a very, very narrow band of humans who tend to be quite rich exactly. uh, or corporate yeah. interests. And so if you yeah. put money into voters' hands, then you actually might get legislators listening to us. Yeah. Andrew, what do you think about the, you know, the big news right now is that the, the Trump quote that, uh, you know, he might not leave office peacefully if he's not, you know, if he, if he doesn't get elected again is, the, are you gonna, is the Yang gang gonna, gonna, gonna roll in there and, 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 and remove him forcefully if that, if that happens? What's, what's gonna happen there? Uh, you know, I hope it doesn't come to that, really. I'm going to stick to the, the, you know, let's cross that bridge, uh, when, when we get to it. Uh, and, um, I, I believe that the folks in the military, uh, would be all for like, uh, um, a peaceful transition and enforcement of where the election results were. Uh, and, and that's where the rubber hits the road. I mean, you still have to have the, uh, the outcome, but I think he would leave. I think that's just, lip yeah, service. um, but more importantly and more likely, what do you think the date will be that we find out who won the election? Oh, that, that's, the, that's the tough one. <laughs> that's no, a tough I, one, right? I, I don't think it's going to be November 3rd, unfortunately. I don't either. So, so, so settle in. Uh, you know, like yeah. someone said, instead of thinking of it as election day, we should think of it as election month. Um, and, and, yeah. that, and that can be also before election day, too, because a lot of places are allowing for mail-in voting or early voting. So start thinking about this right now, like check your voter registration at IWillVote.com um, and make sure you're registered, get your ballot in, and then you don't have to worry about it. The other thing is if you get your vote in earlier, then you can like uh, um, give other people a hard time being like, I voted. Have you, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, that's uh, true. Let, let we're, doing a live, off I have. <laughs> we're doing a live election coverage and we just might just be working for like 300 hours straight. Right. We just might be streaming for a month <laughs> yeah. straight. Until we so find will you out, be, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll have <laughs> yeah. on CNN too. So, uh, Andrew, that I think, uh, can we leave with this or end with this? What, what should members of the gang be doing, uh, boss, now that you are, uh, working on the Biden campaign? Like, what, what, what should the gang be doing? What, what's, what's the director for the gang orders, really? Uh, is what I like to call them. Well, first, thank you for being uh, in my corner from day one, Pat, and anyone else who's in the Yang Gang. Appreciate and love you all. Uh, I'm still fighting for the same things. It's just the the fight looks a little different. So for me right now, I'm distributing economic relief straight to the American people. We're up to $8 million and counting uh, through the 1K project, my organization, Humanity Forward. Um, how, do we under, how do we enter that? How do we get our hat in the sweepstakes? Uh, if you go to either movehumanityforward.com uh, or 1kproject.org, you can nominate a family. You can uh, submit yourself. Um, so we, I, I try to walk the walk, Pat. Honestly, it's like we talked about things. Like I was like, hey, we should give money to everyone. It's like now thanks to the Yang Gang and others, like I can actually do that. So we're, we're up to $8 million and counting for people. I've been just uh, a couple dozen down-ballot candidates who are standing for the same vision that I ran on around humanizing the economy, universal basic income, uh, trying to bring people together. So get behind those candidates in Texas, like, uh, you know, in uh, Ohio, like around the country, we're endorsing folks that can help move the needle forward. Uh, I have my own podcast, Yang Speaks, where we bring on people that we can help educate about universal basic income, uh, our vision for the country. 
so I'm I'm still leading the gang, yeah. the leadership. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully, hopefully, everyone feels like I'm still fighting. It looks different because you know I ran for president, and then uh, you know the campaign did not uh, succeed on that level. But I'm an adaptable, persistent guy, and I'm just like turning my eyes towards different goals. The fact that 55% of Americans are now for universal basic income, that's us. That was the Yang Gang. Hell now yeah, boss. Quest- and now the question is, how can you get our government to a point where they'll listen to us and pass that policy? Uh, so that's where my attention is now. But we're just going to keep fighting until we win this thing. We're going to eradicate poverty in this country. It's totally unnecessary. We're going to humanize the economy so that people will have a fighting chance, even if the robots come for their jobs or the pandemic did away with their job. Uh, and is we're this going it? to. Are like, you this announce- is it. Are you know? Are you announcing your twenty twenty four run for president right now in Hard Factor? Is this it? Uh, I'm announcing that I am not going anywhere, and I'm just going to keep on doing whatever I can to push the vision forward. Uh, so we're just going to keep on evolving, adapting, growing. I'll tell you, the Yang Gang is getting bigger nice. by the numbers <laughs> all the time because I can't tell you how many people reached out to us over the last number of weeks, and we're like, "Yo, I was skeptical, but now I see that." You were right. We need this. How do we get it done? There you go. And we're gonna awesome. we're gonna we're gonna dub it in if you don't say it. You're running you run for 2024. <laughs> you know, you could use that AI, man. You could do the robot. Yeah. It's like that. Yeah, we'll right. We're just gonna fake it. We'll do fake it. Don't worry. For don't president worry. in 2024. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> 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 Whatever it is. Thank you. Thank you so much, Andrew, for taking the time and join us today. Uh, we had a ton of fun. I hope we can do it again sometime soon. Sure. Yeah, appreciate the heck out of you guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Thanks Andrew. Pat Thanks, in particular. Andrew. Gang, yeah. gang. <laughs> gang, gang. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. Glad Andrew Yang came on the show. That was a cool one. Uh, interesting ideas off that guy. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, he'll come back on the show at some point Very down the fun road. Conversation. I yeah. want to smoke. Uh, what was it? The uh, Yang Ganja. Ganja. Yang Ganja. Yeah. Yang Ganja. <laughs> Good dude. Interesting dude. Uh, yeah. We need we need more nerds like Yang out there running running stuff. In my opinion, uh, that's good for Hard Factor, guys. Uh, have a oh tomorrow night. Huge, huge, huge night. Debates, debates, debates. T- uh, check out the radio show today uh, on Sirius. We 6M. also might have landed a presidential candidate from a different party. Uh, for Wednesday morning show that maybe maybe she wasn't a wow. part of the debate, but maybe we have a little debate with her that comes out. Wednesday. Yeah, maybe she was attacked by a flying rat at some point very recently. You're I don't maybe know. want to hear that. For I sure. don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but guys, most importantly, a really, really pretty important here. Have a great time. See you later. Yeah.